Hi, my name is Megan. And I'm Katie. And this is our podcast for Global. So we are going to be talking about the concentration camps that are happening in Xinjiang, China, the northwestern region. Um, So we want to talk a little bit about the basis of what's happening there. So there is a population from northwestern China. Um, They are called the Uyghurs, um, and they have been in camps since about 2017. And there's been... I think there's been about 85 identified camps in Xinjiang. Um, And so the camps are mostly um, taking in Muslims um, that are being targeted because of their religion. Um, China believes that they hold views that are a threat to their security um, due to recent attacks from 2013 and 2014. And so China is trying to protect its country from extremism, religious extremism, and um, terrorism. Right. So um, these camps are can be on a high scale level or high security or lower scale level with low security, depending on the the drasticity. I don't even think that's a word. It's okay. <laughs> of, of the people in them, um, the Chinese government denies the fact that these camps exist. However, we have stories from people who were in these camps who say that they do. Um, They also call them re-education camps rather than internment camps or concentration camps to hide the fact that they exist. Yeah, and they've been um, building these camps like as early as 2017. Um, They said around that time they started construction with these camps, but yes, they've been in much denial about this. Um, So now we're going to talk about a survivor's story. So, Katie, take it away. Yes, so our survivor's name is Marigold Turson. Um, She was born in Xinjiang, China, which is used to be called Egypt. Um, She moved to Egypt and got married and had triplets. When she, shortly after she had her kids, she went she wanted to go back to China to, so she could introduce her kids to her parents. Um, when she arrived in China, she was immediately detained, um, and she had a, ba- a black bag thrown over her head. Um, she, her babies were taken away from her at only 45 days old. Um, So basically, um, when she was detained um, or when she was taken into custody at the hospital, um, she was sent to camps. uh, She was sent to a camp for questioning. Um, She was tortured there. She was subject to electrical shock and she was physically abused for at least three days. Um, At one point while she was being tortured, um, she said, help me, God. And the Chinese Communist Party, who was present at that time, um, said that they had more power than God and that God could not save her. Um, More things that happened at at this camp, she slept in a room with at least 68 other women. um, And as she was sleeping, her hands and feet were handcuffed. Um, and she still has problems to this day regarding, like, her back and, like, her bones, her muscles because of that. Um, and so while she was at the camp, she also witnessed many deaths and she was tortured and she also saw other women being tortured. 
Um, they didn't let her shower and for a year they didn't let her see the sun. So she was very, um, malnourished because they also weren't giving her food as much. Go ahead, Katie. Um, shortly after though, she was detained. She was released to see her babies. Um, however, she, when she got to the hospital, she was told that her babies had all had neck surgeries and so she couldn't see them. But the next day, um, the police handed her the dead body of her, her oldest son. She believes that he'd been dead for three days, although they had told her that he had died the, that day or the night before. Um, and then after the hospital, she was detained again and taken to the camp for the second time. Um, so she was definitely, um, having, uh, some, I, I don't know how to say it. Um, <laughs> she was having some psychological problems, especially after being, um, tortured. And she, you know, obviously went through a lot of, um, pain. And I think like reading her story, like made me think a lot about how she was feeling and like how, like, you know, what my, um, feelings were towards her story and I think it's automatic like shock that human beings can do this to each other um so I think that was my initial reaction but yeah but Katie what else do you want to say about it um well all I know is, is that she eventually was let go from the camp for the second time and um however she wasn't truly let go she was constantly being watched by Chinese police officers who lived with her family. Um, and she was, con they were constantly making threats against her and her family because they said that if she told her parents about the torture, that they would be subject to the same thing. Yeah, so, like, she, like, she was free physically, but she wasn't free in, like, you know, terms right. of, like, she could go on daily life. Um, so she struggled a lot with that. Um, and I think that was, like, kind of shocking to hear someone's, you know, experience um, from these camps. And I think it makes it really real, um, hearing, like, one person's story. Um, so now um, we're going to talk about some of, like, the actions that other countries are taking right now, um, which wasn't detailed much. But from what we got, um, I read from the PBS article that mostly... Um, European countries, so about like 22, 22 countries, um, have responded to like the report, uh, the disturbing reports, and like they've basically said that like it's disgusting, like something needs to happen. Um, but not really long after that, about 37 countries defended China um, because they think that China is protecting them from terrorism and religious extremism. Um, and recently, the U.S. condemned China for taking these extreme measures. Um, and so I think that it's good that some countries are, you know, responding to this in a way that there are disturbing things going on and something needs to change. Um, but it's, you know, there are other countries that look at this as, like, protecting their citizens from extremism and terrorism. And so I think yeah, it's... I think the, the divide of it all is, like, so shocking that, like, so many people think, like, one way so strongly and then yeah. the other way so strongly. There's, like, so many... 
it's just the split that people that 37 yeah. countries like that's a lot and most of those 37 countries are in uh, are in like you know um the area of like egypt and um saudi arabia so obviously um they're trying to protect their citizens regarding like religious extremism which i think is an interesting point of view that i never really thought about um so yeah katie do you want mm-hmm. to say anything else um, I was going to talk about recently, um, there was a memo, um, we found an article with the BBC talking about a memo from the Chinese government about the camps and it was, um, according to the BBC, it says that the memo includes orders to never allow escapes, increase discipline and punishment for behavioral violations promote repentance and confession, make remedial Mandarin studies the top priority, encourage students to truly transform, and ensure full video surveillance coverage of dormitories, classrooms, and free of blind spots. So clearly, these orders do not allow for privacy or and it says punishment must be must be given, and so clearly this is violating human rights. I mean, it's, yeah. it's right there in front of your face. I mean, it's like shocking, like the like little to no privacy that any citizen has, um, especially in the northwestern part of China. Um, I mean, and it's like, it's kind of crazy to think that this is happening like right now, like in 2020. And we Mm -hmm. thought that like most of these, you know, concentration camps, like were done with, you know, um, when, um, the Holocaust happened. And so it's kind of crazy to think that our generation is experiencing this. And I feel like we have an obligation to help our generation. Um, especially, especially when like children are being taken from their homes and, you know, we need to protect every single citizen, no matter what their religion is, because that's what you believe that you have freedom of religion. Um, at least I believe that everyone has freedom of religion regardless. So yeah, I think, I think we're good, right? Yep. Okay. So this was the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, (laughs) okay. Bye.